just a violent individual. Jimmy, you did a great job with that. Welcome back to the second part of Joey Nunez's interview on MMA FanCast. Yeah, that's actually something that Mighty Mouse brought up. Now, obviously, uh, DJ got uh, traded to 1FC, but it's something that he brought up years ago about how certain cultures, particularly the Eastern culture, really appreciating mixed martial arts and really liking the strategy and the tactics. You know the, the the tactics of a fight. Um, given given the fact that you're now traveling from Nebraska to Pittsburgh, you know, on a plane. Let's say magical thinking. You win the fight, April. A month later, you somehow get contacted by One FC. Uh, would you be like, yes, I'm going to do it. I'll jump on a plane and be in China. Is that is that how quickly, or would you say, give me a year, give me six months? When could you actually see sort of that jump to the international stage? Oh, no, I'd, I'd take it immediately. If, as soon as it came, I'd be there because you don't yeah. know what's going to happen in right. that time between, oh, give me six months. You don't know what's going to happen between that six months. So, I mean, I'm going to get there. You know, I feel like I'm ready to compete with those guys. I've, I've watched some of their fights. I'm like, I can compete with these guys. I can beat them. I'm, I'm ready for that. And I just got to get my name out there. I got to get my publicity out there. And so if it, if, it, if it showed up, I'd be on the first plane over there. Well, it's definitely a great attitude. And you're showing that willingness to fight. I mean, obviously, it was a bit of a risk. We've already talked about you taking the bare knuckle fight. It sounds like you you basically just fought at the highest weight you could possibly fight at, given the fact that's kind of your max weight. Um, and you took it on, you said, a couple days' notice. Um, so that definitely goes towards your mindset of wanting to be a little bit flexible and a, and a, and a little bit willing to take fights. And so that's, I, I think that's a great attitude to have. And a will always kind of plugging Bellator and 1FC as much as we love talk about UFC because some of those big organizations like Bellator and 1FC are trying things a little bit differently. Like you pointed out, 1FC is, is a little bit more respectful. That's something that I know uh, Mighty Mouse has said as well, that he's never wanted to trash talk. He's never been a trash talker. And the UFC actually, you know, relegated into Fox fights and, and he was kind of the, the title guy on Fox and, and he would ask for pay-per-views but they'd say no and he was saying that he always felt like fighting for 1FC and now he will be that they would respect a non-trash talker you know kind of the eastern Chinese culture they're not big in the trash talking they respect people that are all about the sport and less about the Chael Sonnen approach uh, or the Conor McGregor approach so it's kind of a cool thing to see that in MMA even though it's the same sport there's kind of different flavors to it and I think one of the advantages of our podcast being MMA fan cast is we want to kind of educate the fans that there's different styles to this sport despite the fact that it's all under one umbrella of mma they should get that from the the name itself mma mixed martial arts we're mixing cultures techniques fighting styles personalities religions some people are really religious in their fighting you know right. everything's getting mixed in this so i mean if they if by, by at this point if they don't understand that then they're they're just not paying attention there we go you know, when you're done with your training, you get home, it's the weekend. I, you know, I don't know what your schedule look, looks like, but what does Joey Munoz do? What else are you interested in? 
Um, sports wise. Sports wise. Yeah. Um, I'm every everyone over here is interested in football. You know, it's it's just commonplace. Now that that's over, there's really not any other sports besides fight any type of fighting sports or uh, or football that I really get into deeply. Um, I'm I'm a huge nerd. You know, I, I read books. I watch lots of anime. You know, I'm I geek out every Labor Day weekend. I go down to Denver for the cosplay convention that they have down there. It's a three day convention, and I'm oh, there wow. every year. So I mean, people look at me and they see me fighting, holding these belts. Like, oh, this guy's crazy. And they see me picture picture of me cosplaying some costume that they don't know what's going on. They're like, is this the same guy? What's going on? And above all the above all else, my dogs are my life. You know, everyone here who knows me knows that if if anything's going on with them, then they're my first priority. I don't care what's going on. I don't care what it is. The president can call me to this to his house and be like, hey, come come have dinner. But if my dog's sick, I'm staying here because these 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 are the ones that I fight for. All right, so what if it's um, one FC and your dogs are sick? Then I'm loading them on that plane and we're going. <laughs> I like it. I like it. You know, there has to be some compromises somewhere. Yeah. So what's your favorite? I, I can't let the cosplay uh, costume comment go without a follow-up. What's kind of your favorite costume you've ever worn to one of those conventions in Denver? It's um, it's a simple, basic costume. It's a uh, it's from a certain magical index that that show. His name's Toma. Um, okay. he, all he does, he's he's wears a school uniform. It's a white button-up shirt, black black nice black pants, orange shirt underneath, red shoes, and uh, I usually have a wrap on my hand because he has the magic breakers, what they call it. It can deflect any type of magic, science, oh. any type of supernatural abilities that there's, and it, it'll deflect it. So I mean that that's well, that's one of my favorite characters. So that has to be one of my favorite shows. That has to be one of my favorite cosplays. But my next one I'm going for is a classic of Bash the Stampede. And I think that one, when I'm finished with that one, that one's going to be my, my favorite. Nice. So I saw on, at least on Tapology that you know, a lot of fighters are proud of it. Um, but I saw that you did not have a nickname. Is there any reason for that? Or do you have one that you know, we're not aware of? I've never really had a nickname. Uh, my very first amateur fight, they're like, what do you want down? And being the new guy, I was like, put Mufasa. So they announced Mufasa. And after that, I mean, I really never had a nickname. So, I mean, I'll, I'll take what comes. But if I get to pick it, I'm going to stick with Mufasa because I do legendary. Okay, so you, you mentioned um, the amateur fight, first amateur fight. I want to um, touch on that a little bit. And some things you did there um, and kind of, uh, you know, accumulation of both amateur and pro. Um, as a pro, you've got, I believe it is four, four victories by submission. Um, as an amateur, it was uh, three by sub. Combined, you had, uh, you had three TKOs or KOs. I mean, is, there, is there something that, you know, better suited as a submission artist or you'd like to be known more as, uh, as a knockout artist? Or do you just take the fight as it comes and as the opportunity presents itself? Oh yeah, that's that's my goal right there is making the opportunity. You know, I've, everything on my th on my on my records, I've never actually knocked anyone out. It's all been TKOs. But the mm -hmm. way I like to view it is, I don't want that knockout. That knockout's a, a a simple lucky punch or a lucky hit, something that happened that that just caught him. Whereas you submit them or you take them, you ground and pound them and TKO them out, then that that's proven that hey, this guy took him down and beat him sense so senseless that they had to stop him and pull him off or simply that he gave up he gave up the fight those are the kind of two things that i'm going for all, at all times you know of course i'd always love to knock out i mean who doesn't like that hi highlight real knockout 
my, my or I just had a we had a teammate that two teammates that just fought this weekend, and uh, sadly one of them lost, but the other one had a fantastic knockout on him, Roy Garza. Uh, we had Roy Garza, Brandon Trout. Brandon Trout's one of the guy that lost, but Roy Garza had a fantastic finish over his guy. You know, just his hands are just completely underrated. They're both amateurs, so they're trying to get them up to the pro game, get them their experience. If it for me, I'd rather take them down and honestly beat them senseless. And then if they give me this mission, I'll take it. If not, then I'm just going to keep on beating on them. Luke had touched on this, um, asking you about the bare knuckles fighting and what that experience was like for you. And one of the things I wanted to know is, like, we saw McGregor take on Mayweather. And you could see at times during that fight, if you watched it, the MMA in him was, like, trying to bust out of him. And he wanted to take him down or throw an elbow. You could just see that his lack of experience in a boxing ring showed because he was so heavy MMA. When you when you did the bare knuckles fighting the, into the boxing, was there a time where you felt like instinct wanted to take over? You know, it was um, dirty boxing or, or something like that, and you wanted to revert to you know an MMA situation in your mind. And you had to fight that back. Mm-hmm. Well, and and the bare knuckle is a little different just because uh, dirty boxing is completely allowed. You can clinch and hold on to them as long as you want, yeah. as long as you're striking. So I think that kind of helped me. Uh, just stray away from the takedowns altogether and feel a lot more comfortable in that scene because I have taken one professional boxing match back like four or five years ago. It was just a local thing that we had here. And in that match, I was, I was the same way McGregor was. I was clinching a lot. I was doing a lot of spins. I kind of changed my level going for a kickdown. And I was like, Oh, I got to stop that. I stopped. There was one time my knee came up almost going for a kick. I was like, Oh, I don't want to get disqualified. Better stop that. <laughs> But in the bare knuckle one, it was a little bit easier to get through it because I had that one fight experience. And also, we could clinch as long as we want, as long as we're striking. So that really helped me. And that's, where, that's what I do in MMA, too. I'm a clinch artist. That's, that's what I like to call it. I do everything from the clinch, being so short, being shorter than all my opponents. I like to get in close. And I like to be personal right here. I, I, I don't think I really felt out of place so much on the bare knuckle boxing as much as most, most uh, MMA wrestlers would have. You're the ninth-ranked professional lightweight in Nebraska. Your opponent, Kama Worthy, is the number one-ranked lightweight in Pennsylvania. So without giving away, you know, what your uh, your fight plan is, your game plan, what can we expect to see April 6th in uh, in Cannonsburg, PA, at 247 Fighting Championship? You can expect me to come out and just, you know, we're both going to throw out a war. We're both going to do everything that we possibly can. You know, I'll stand up with him. I'll take him to the ground put him on the cage, you know, wherever the fight goes, I'm, I'm ready for, I'll be ready for wherever, wherever it'll go. And I'm sure, I'm sure he will be too. So that's why I'm really looking forward to this being that he is the number one ranked out of Pennsylvania. That, that really got me excited. Cause I'm like, all right, I don't like taking the easier fights where most fighters like to kind of pad their records a lot. I, I, I jump at the hardest, the hardest, toughest guys that I could find. Cause that's the way you're going to get your name out there quickest and the best. And that's the way you can improve yourself a lot. I, I like to think so anyway. Well, yeah, I'd say going back to what we were talking about, if, if you take the trash talking and kind of the uh, the showmanship out of it for a moment and you focus on what you were saying, I think being the guy who's willing to come into enemy territory, take on a guy who's you know a little bit more well-known, but perhaps a little bit higher ranked, you're both ranked top 10 in your state. I mean, I think that goes back to the mindset of you want the best fighters fighting each other. Another cool thing, if you think about whether it's 1FC or Bellator or even UFC, is 
you, you really have to be comfortable fighting wherever they tell you to, right? Because whether it's Vegas or Madison Square Garden or sometimes they go overseas, you're not always going to be in your home area. And so I think it's good practice for you to jump on a plane, come into Pen, uh, to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where you're not necessarily going to have a lot of a lot of fans knowing you, but it's more like you get the opportunity to represent yourself to a new crowd, a new audience, which I think is a great opportunity for you. Oh, yeah, I, I completely agree there. You know, I've, I've always been the out-of-town fighter. Okay. I've been two or three fights that I've had around here where I've had people back me up, mainly these past couple fights, um, like a few years ago, the ones that they had around here. But others, aside from that, every, every time I went to Colorado, I was the out-of-town fighter. I had maybe up to five, maybe ten people at most in the crowd that knew right. that down to support me or that were just going for the underdog because I look like I'm – I'm the short Mexican kind of chunkier guy. And so people, oh, this guy's going to get mopped up by this big old buff guy. And as soon as I turn around on his head, they're like, oh, wow, what just happened? So I've always kind of had that experience. I've always been that out-of-town guy. I've been booed walking out of this, uh, walking out many times, you know. And it doesn't really affect me much. What the crowd thinks, that's what they think, you know. They're not the ones I'm fighting. I'm fighting the, a single opponent in, in the ring or in the cage. And that's where my focus is at. And so they could boo me all they want. That's fine. They could cheer. That's even better. But I'm going down there to fight a single guy, not the entire audience. When you're talking about your focus, um, have you ever let the stage get to you? Do you ever feel like your nerves get worse if you're in a bigger venue or more more audience versus less audience? Or is it the same thing every time? Um, for me, it's pretty much the same thing every time. I don't tend to get nervous. I'm one of those fighters that – I get more nervous cornering one of my teammates than I do for my own fight. So I'm, I'm sitting there in the back reading a book, taking a nap, doing what I do, and then I'll go out there and I'll, I'll go fight and I'll take a win. But whereas if I'm cornering someone, I'm out there freaking, I'm pacing back and forth, I'm, I'm jitters, I'm, I'm, the, I'm freaking out. That's how I was this weekend. But whereas when I'm fighting, no matter where I'm at, you know, it's, it's the same thing. We're both going to get locked in a cage in front of one of another. There's going to be a ref right there telling us to get at it, and that's what we're going to do. Okay, so as far as traveling, just traveling in, in general, whether it's you know, going to see a friend, visit family, going on vacation, what's the farthest that you've gone away from your hometown? Um, I've, I've been to New York for a school trip back in high school. Uh, we, it was a class trip that we – you took a certain class from uh, Mr. Plummer down here, <laughs> and uh, we just go down there, spend a week down there. Uh, I, I decided to wear a Red Sox hat to a Yankees game. Oh, boy. Oh, you can believe how many beers got thrown at me. It was, it was, it was a fun experience, though. I was just kind of doing it because one of the upperclassmen told me, hey, you do that, I guarantee the teacher will buy you all new gear. I'm like, I'm going to test this out. Sure enough, he bought me a new hat, new shirt, all of it because I was all decked out in Red Sox. I'm not a baseball fan, but sometimes I like to rile a pot just like that. Not not saying much, just just by little little actions. like. So have you ever been to Pittsburgh? Uh, no, no. We, we flew over plane. We didn't get a chance to yeah. go there. We, they, they still didn't fight us to, uh, right there in New York. Okay, so, so how much do you know about Pittsburgh? It's cold. Okay. <laughs> anything else? Like, you know anything about the culture, anything about the town, the city, its um, reputation? Um, not, not really so much. You know, just big, big names like football stars that come out of there, football teams or something like that. But I couldn't say anything in detail about their culture, the people that live there, or, any, or anything like that. I've never been there. I've never really focused my attention on there up until now. And my attention is not even focused on the people around it. It's just on that one 
one on Mr. Worthy. So we have a little segment on our podcast called In the Pit. And it is, it's random questions, could, could be about anything, uh, culture, sports teams, what the weather's like, language. Um, but it's all around, it, it you know, focuses on Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And it's to show either how much you know about Pittsburgh if you're from the area, are you a true Pittsburgher? Is it gonna end up being you learned a lot about Pittsburgh? You know, whenever you're ready, we're gonna ha- we're gonna go ahead and jump in. Here it comes. Hit me. So, all right. Now, each of these questions are assigned random points. So, <laughs> you know, don't worry about what your score is at the end. We'll tell you whether it was a good score or a bad score. <laughs> all right. So, I'm a bad score already. All right. So, first question. Um, what long-running TV show, which was the focus of the focus, was a neighborhood started in Pittsburgh? Was it a '90s show or 2000s? Older, '70s and '80s, a '90s. You're real out of my element there. TV show from the '70s, '80s. I don't even know any TV shows from back then. Okay, so that is the buzzer right there. The correct answer would have been Mister Rogers' Neighborhood. Honestly, can't even say I've heard of that. I've heard, oh, of no. I, I oh, know, no. I've heard of Mr. Rogers about the actual TV show. I'm, just, I'm sorry. That's okay. That's okay. It's, okay. That's right. it's all part of being in the pit. Okay, so <laughs> we're going to piggyback off of that same question. So we just talked about Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, long-running TV series. It was on public um, television. What came first? The very first episode, the very first national episode of Mr. Rogers or the Pittsburgh Steelers or the Pittsburgh Steelers hiring Chuck Knoll as their head coach. Man, I wish my buddy Cruz was here for that one. He would know that in a heartbeat. I'm going to take a gamble on this and go with uh, Pittsburgh's head coach. Um, That is incorrect also. You have shown consistency. That's two in a row. Unfortunately, it's two in a row that you got wrong. <laughs> Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood aired nationally February of 1968. Chuck Knoll was hired um, January. Let me see what I have. January of 1969. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. I'm going to try and throw a softball to you. <laughs> see if you uh, can get this one. What condiment is Pittsburgh famous for? Well, for me, the only condiment that matters is ketchup, but... Okay. What, what kind of ketchup? Heinz. There you go. Bing, right. bing, 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 bing. All right. You hit that yes. one out of the park. Okay. If it was a ketchup question, I would have been mad at myself if I got it wrong. There you go. <laughs> All right. So you're one for three. That's not bad. You know, if you were playing baseball, that's a pretty good average. <laughs> you uh, you follow um, college football? Um, not, not not so much college football. What football team has more national titles? University of Pittsburgh Panthers or the Penn State Nittany Lions? And this is this is pertaining to college football. I've heard a lot of talk about Penn State. I'm gonna take a gamble again and go with Pittsburgh. You have now gone from, you know, the first two were wrong. You're two in a row now. Yes, the University of Pitt. Pitt Panthers um, have recognized nine national titles. Penn State, sadly for them, only have seven. Luke, do you follow college football? I don't follow college football well. I'm from the Lehigh Valley, which is about three hours east of State College. So a lot of people growing up are Penn State fans, but I don't really follow college. I'm much more of a Steelers overall NFL guy than I am. I would not have known. I would have guessed Penn State. I'm impressed (laughs) that. Nunez went Pittsburgh. 
because I would have not thought that the Panthers, I, I'm guessing those were years ago because I don't think they've been like that good for a while, but good guess. And that's the reason why I guessed them because Penn State's been talked about a lot recently. So oh, I'm like, going right. with the less talk, the underdog essentially. Um, another softball for you. What is pop? P O P. What is pop? Pop? Are you talking like like phosphate? The drink? The technical term for what is pop? What? Wow, you are the man. There you go. It is a beverage. Well, I debate that question a lot with people because down here everyone's like, "Oh, it's soda." No, it's pop. Well, technically, it's phosphate. That's the real name for it, but it's just been shortened to pop. I'll tell you. That's the, the, is that the nerdy part of you? Uh huh. <laughs> I read that when I was done at the library a few weeks ago. There you go. I remember it. What was invented in Pittsburgh? Was it the Klondike bar or cotton candy? I don't think I've ever eaten either one of those. But I'm going to go with the Klondike bar just because there's so many commercials about it. I, I mean, we can't stop you. This is a train that, <laughs> you know, even jumping the tracks is going to keep going. <laughs> this is four in a row now. Right. All right. So now we're going to get deep into Pittsburgh. If I said to you, you're Nebby, would you be insulted, say thank you, or C, grab a dictionary? You're Nebby? You're Nebby. Like, like describing like, you. Nebby or say you are Nebby? You yes. are, you are Nebby, like describing you. Yes. Okay. Obviously, I have to grab a dictionary. <laughs> okay. So do you, you want to take with, a guess? Yes, I'm going to go with thank you. Because it's really hard to offend me. Oh. All right. Well, so, yeah, Nebby is um, – it's, it's kind of like an insult. It just means that you're too much into my business or you shouldn't be poking your nose around. It doesn't belong here. This is none of your business. You're just too Nebby. I'd probably still answer. I'd probably still say thank you, just kind of irritate <laughs> <laughs> So we'll give you we'll give you half a point. That point that question was worth one point, so you get half a point. So oh far, um, you have a total of seventeen points. Seventeen and a half. I apologize. I'm sure you have amusement parks uh, locally around you, old ones. Pittsburgh has one called Kennywood Park. It actually started quite a long time ago, and it actually was. I mean, it was like a a bus stop, but it was trolleys back then. Mm -hmm. And they they wanted people to get acclimated or get used to the idea of riding a trolley. So what came first? Um, the Pittsburgh Pirates, you know, using the term loosely, a professional baseball team? Oh, no. Um, or <laughs> Kennywood Park? I'm trying to think because I remember reading something about, um, was it Disney, Disneyland or Disney World, that they were, correct me if I'm wrong, but they were starting a construction thing of a, like a jungle theme theme park in somewhere in Pennsylvania, but they abandoned it in that. And I'm, I'm trying to think around when that was. I'm not sure uh, if it was specifically Pennsylvania or not, but it was somewhere in that January. This one is worth 42 and a half points. Baseball or theme parks? Baseball is a classic sport. I mean, it's like one of the oldest sports around. So I'm going to have to go with the Pirates. So I, I want to see uh, your birth certificate. Because I think it's going to say show somewhere in Western Pennsylvania. <laughs> because that is now one, two, three, four. We're going to give you half credit for that last one. So that would put you at six in a row. Cool. So yeah, the, um, the Pittsburgh Pirates um, were formed in 1881. Kennywood Park was 1899. I, I, I think I had a better idea with the, with the baseball. Just because, I mean, like I said, baseball is just, it goes such a long history. 
So, okay, so speaking of history, you know that the Pittsburgh Steelers have, you know, a long story tradition. They go back quite a long time ago. You know, they're more known for uh, the teams of the 70s. Um, mm-hmm. And then of recent 70s was the Steel Curtain. Chuck Knoll, as we threw out a question there before. We've got three major professional teams here, the Pittsburgh Pirates, Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Which of those has the most retired jersey numbers? Ooh. Penguins. Final oh. answer? Yes. And the streak is broken. So, yeah, that one was worth um, 38 points. You're in the positive right now. So last question. What does the phrase, that's it, Fort Pitt mean? That's it, Fort Pitt. Um, if I'm taking it at face value, I mean, that's a wrap for the game. We just won the game. Kind of what I'm leaning to. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty close. It, uh, it, it means it's all over. Time's up. We're all done here. So, yeah, and that is actually the end of In the Pit. So, you have, you, you've accumulated 134 points. Um, I'm going to tell you right now that that's actually a pretty good score. Right. Um, and, you know, we're, we're probably going to um, hold that score up to some, some other Pittsburghers. <laughs> who we're going to have on the podcast. Oh, we already. definitely are. We definitely are. <laughs> so, you know, right now you're in first place. Okay. And, and we're going to keep uh, keep this running and put the standings out there every podcast, okay? So mm-hmm. with that said, that's it, Fort Pitt. Um, that is all the time um, that we have. Luke, did you have any, any other questions, any comments, anything you wanted to add before we – no, that is great. I appreciate you taking the time, Joey. I really like your willingness to talk about your mindset, how you're, what you were thinking about with the bare knuckle, I think really was educational for both Jim and myself, as well as um, our audience kind of connecting to you as a martial artist, wanting to uh, expand and challenge yourself. And then, of course, thanks for being a great sport with In the Pit. I, I think you, not only did you go on a great run with six in a row, but also uh, just show that your willingness to humor us. So I really appreciate that. Oh, well, thank you for having me, man. It was it was fun, and stuff stuff like that's always entertaining. You know, you got you got to trick it up every now and then, right? That's it. That's it. But uh, yeah, we will definitely check in with you, Joey. I, again, I appreciate echoing what Luke said. Appreciate your time. You know, being honest and open and candid with your answers, and um, we wish you all the best. And good, good luck with that fight on April 6th. Thank you guys much. You know, I appreciate having me here. Look forward to coming back here someday, so. That'll be great. Take it easy, Joey. You guys have a good one. Thanks. You have been listening to the second half and final conclusion of Joey Nunez's interview on MMA FanCast. Remember, if you're local, check out 247 Fighting Championships, April 6th, Cannonsburg, Pennsylvania, at the Prince Skate Arena.